0: So uh, am, I, am I on here? Yeah, there I am. We have a real treat this morning. We have a special guest with us from Gulfport, Mississippi, Reverend Eddie Hartwell, together with his wife, April. And uh, it's been a real privilege to get to know him just a little bit. Uh, when we were watching images on the television in September, end of August, beginning of September, we were seeing the destruction, the devastation taking place along the Gulf Coast from Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and uh, seeing all the terrible things that were happening. And right away, people were talking at, at South Shore Baptist, you know, what can we do? When there was a tsunami the year before, we took an offering. What can we do? This is on our own shores. And... Uh, Uh, You know, God brought together a team of people. We began to talk together and think about what we could do. We sent some people down there to give some help. We sent two trips down there. I I got to go on the second one. And just to to help people in the immediate aftermath of this massive deluge, this, this terrible disaster that took place. And what we wanted to do was think of what we could do as a building project to help with the rebuilding efforts down there. And, you know, we had no idea how God would use our little efforts to really open our eyes to a whole new way of witnessing. You know, a whole, a whole new way of doing evangelism. Because uh, something has happened over the last few weeks as we've just taken the initiative to pull together builders and pull together uh, corporate donors and pull together churches and pull together all kinds of different people to, uh, uh, to put together five homes load them on trucks and ship them down there to Gulfport and send some people to go down and put them up and uh, we've just been seeing such a great opportunity to, to, to get face to face with so many people and tell them that we love Jesus and that Jesus is the good news that they need to hear and you know if we tried going to knock on doors do you know how many good opportunities we would get not, not so many but this has been a, a wonderful opportunity for us to learn to do evangelism in a, in a different way than we ever thought of doing. But, uh, yeah, I traveled down there to Gulfport in Mississippi together with a group of people from this church and North River Church and, and uh, got to visit this fellow, Eddie Hartwell, and went into his church, and he was doing something that I just love. Whenever I see it, whenever I find it, I just love it. He was opening his Bible, and he was preaching the Word of God and pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was wonderful good news. And he was telling them, you know, you've lost your home, you've lost your life, but there's a better home and there's a better life. And uh, that's, that's the kind of fellow we want to partner with. And you know what? He had a vision to do rebuilding. And uh, so we've joined together with him, and we've been working on this, this rebuilding project, and it's been really exciting. And we're so thrilled that Eddie and his, his new wife, April, they were just married December 3rd, that they could come and be with us here, uh, their first big trip together. And uh, uh, have you been up to Boston before? No. No. This is your first time? First trip. Well, you're very welcome. This is how the weather always is. (laughs) And uh, we're, we're just glad to have you here. So, Eddie, will you come on up and share the word of God with us? You're very welcome. Amen. As Pastor Hartwell comes, children kindergarten through grade two can be dismissed for Children's Church.
1: Thank you. Good morning. morning. Certainly this is the day that the Lord has made and I made up my mind right early this morning that I was going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Because God wants us in all things to give thanks and praise. This is his will concerning us. We praise God uh, today and we honor him in three persons. God the Father who is the supreme architect, the creator, and the sustainer of all that is. His son, Jesus, the Christ, he's our Lord and our Savior. And as little as some people think about it, he's our soon-coming king. We honor the perfect presence of the Holy Ghost, the comforter, the paraclete, the one that God sent to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us into all his ways of truth. To the star, the under-shepherd of this great church, Pastor Rennie, to all of you, all my brothers and sisters in Christ, I do greet you today in the warmest and with the warmest of thanksgiving, thanksgiving to God for you, and thanksgiving to you for allowing God to use you in the awesome way that he's using you to help us. Amen? Amen. Um, um, my wife, my beautiful wife April is here with me today, and uh, she's been suffering with the uh, the, that little cold and all that kind of stuff, but it's just something about that girl singing. Look like it just helps me to preach a little better. Amen. So if y'all don't mind, if y'all don't mind, if y'all would give her just a minute, she's gonna come and and sing a little bit of a song that has become somewhat um, of a prayer for me, and I know it is a prayer for every Christian believer. Those of us that are saved know how important how important it is. For others to be saved. Amen. This is a simple song. It simply says. I pray. That we'll all be ready. For his return. April.
2: Love. oh, pray we'll all be ready, I pray we'll all be ready, I pray we'll all be ready for His return. I pray we will fall down on our knees so that the Lord can wash us clean. I pray we'll all be ready for him. I pray we will fall down on our knees So that the Lord can wash us clean I pray we'll all be ready for His return My prayer is that we'll all be ready
1: our Father how we thank you for being God for being God all by yourself Father we thank you for the way that you rule and reign over this universe Father we thank you for being the God of heaven and the heavens of heaven Father we ask you even now to let your kingdom come let your will be done Here on earth, just as it's done in heaven, supply for us this day everything that we need. Even right now, Heavenly Father, as we are here wounded, waiting, and still waiting on our spirits to be fed, we pray that it would please you to allow your Holy Spirit to be pleased to stand up in my body. Allow him, Father, if it pleases you, to think with my mind. And to relieve me of my own personal concerns, that I might be wholly yielded unto you as a vessel. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would use my lips to speak your word, my heart to feel what you would have me to say. Father, I pray that it would please you in like wise manner to stand up in your people and give hearing unto their ears. That they might be able to hear what your spirit is saying unto the church. Father, we pray that you'll bless us in this gathering. Bless the under-shepherd of this church, Pastor Rennie. Continue to lead, guide, and direct him to be the visionary man that he is. Continue to help him to be the missionary that he is. So that your heart, O God, might be seen from the people who call this place their church home. Father, forgive us for our sin. Feed us even now, until we want no more. And we'll always be careful to give your name the praise, honor, and glory. For it is in the strong name of Jesus, even the Christ that we pray, now and forever. Amen. 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 Have any of you all ever been sick? Any of y'all ever been sick? 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 Well, you, you know what sickness is then, don't you? That's when things are not functioning properly. When there's pain, misery within your physical body. Let me me share this with you. That sickness can take uh, two or more forms. One form is physical sickness. We know what that is. And the other form is mental or spiritual sickness. Well, Just as there are prescriptions for sickness within our physical body or within our minds, God realizes that His earth can become sick. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all the rules of my preaching. Let me give y'all the rules of my preaching. When God sent his disciples out, he sent them out two by two. Y'all, y'all remember that, right? He sent one of them, he told one of them, now, now I want you all to work as teams. One of them, as you go, one of you will preach. And the other is to bear witness. Y'all ever read that? Well, I magnify that. Okay? Now I'm going to stand and I'm going to preach. But now I expect those of you all that know the word to when you hear something that, that, that is, that you know to be so. There's, there's a Bible word that says amen. Amen. Now, now that amen, that's a prayer within itself. That's saying, Lord, let it be so. Amen? Amen. Alright, now there's, there's something about, there's something about that, uh, that helps me in more than one way. Uh, when I was a boy, I told this while I go in testimony service, when I was a boy, a young man, I enjoyed hunting. And we would hunt deer and rabbit, you know, down in the country. We would do that. And we used dogs to do it. And when the dogs would go into the woods, we would holler at the dogs. Get him, get him, get him, get him up, get him up. Any any man in here ever ever, hunt? ever hunted? Get him up, get him up. And, and, and let me tell you all something. That would not make the dogs catch the rabbit. It wouldn't. But it certainly did encourage the dogs as they run. Now saying, saying amen to the preacher is not going to make him preach, but it certainly does encourage the preacher while he's preaching. Amen? Uh, uh, another thing that it helps me with is because, because I am a pastor teacher. In other words, I teach a lot while I preach. And when I'm teaching, you know, I even wind up doing some preaching. That's why our Wednesday night Bible study is getting ready to turn into midweek worship. You know, I figure, I mean, you know, it, it, it's hard to separate the two, amen? amen? And with a teacher, he wants to be certain that the pupils are getting the lesson. You don't just teach for the sake of teaching. You want people to benefit from it. And when you, when you nod your head like this or you say amen, when I say something, that makes me know you got that. Because if you don't give me some sign, then I'll find myself backing up, rewinding the tape, playing it over again, and and that honest to God can get long. It can make church go on for a while. It's not uncommon. I mean, you know, I have when I was a, when I was a young unlearned preacher, I have preached for two two and a half hours. So if y'all want me to go ahead and get through, let me know you understand what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Um, God knows that the world can become sick. And brothers and sisters, let me tell y'all something. This world that we're living in now is sick. There's some stuff going on in this world right now, I know, that is repulsive to God. I know there's some things that break God's heart because they break the heart of the people in church. Amen? And, 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 and as good as God is, wanting us not to let anything, uh, uh, bum-fuzzle us or throw us off or stump us or hinder us, He has given us the prescription for a sin-sick world. It's in the Bible, and if y'all, if y'all pray with me for a few minutes, I'll share it with you. Go with me, if you would, please, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Solomon, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, one of the richest men that ever lived, had sense enough to know that if he was going to accomplish anything in this world, he was going to need to be in touch with God. And brothers and sisters, if you're going to do anything in this world and, and, and accomplish anything in this world, you're going to have to be in touch with God. I've lived long enough to realize that one of the, some, some of the biggest messes that we make is when we try to go off and do stuff on our own. Say amen. amen. Some of you all have realized the same thing. Some folks married folks that didn't consult with God before you did it, and you got in serious trouble. Some people took jobs that you did not consult with God about before you took it. And, and and it's the hardest thing in the world for you to get up in the morning and go to work. I know I know what I'm talking about. Other choices that we made without consulting God. But Solomon was wise. God gave Solomon wisdom. And you know why God gave Solomon wisdom? Because he asked him for it. Gave him a choice of being able to have anything he wanted. But Solomon asked God for wisdom, and I would say today, that same prescription applies for us. He that lacketh wisdom, ask it of God. Amen. Here we are, uh, Second Chronicles, chapter seven, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin my reading at verse number twelve, and I'll read a few verses thereafter. Second Chronicles, chapter seven beginning at verse 12, and I'm begging your indulgence. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Lord said, the Lord's word says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Get this. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land. Or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name. Will humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin. And heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house. That my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you. If you walk before me. As your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as a covenated, as I covenated with David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. Brothers and sisters, from a few of these verses I have just read along with you into your hearing, I'd like to uh, share as a subject God's prescription for what ails us. Is that all right? God's prescription for what ails us. Within the body of believers is vested great power from God. Within the body of believers is invested great hope and privileges both in and from God. God has not chosen to use uh, necessarily the government of the earth as an end-all, be-all solution to all. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, many things that the government is doing, they're only doing them because the body of Christ, believers, have become lax and slack and derelict in our duty. If it were not for our lackness, slackness and dereliction of our duties, then we would not need a welfare system in America. If it were not for our lackness and slackness and derelicts of our duty, we would not really even need such stuff as FEMA and and MEMA and these other different governmental agencies that are having to stand up and do our work. And while I'm on that spot right there, I want to pause for just a second and say how grateful and and thankful to God I am for the South Shore Baptist Church under the leadership of your pastor, Pastor Rennie. Because from this body of believers, I see the love and faith of God with feet on I see the body of Christ, amen, with, with, with love and compassion in their hands. I see people that care enough about other people, amen, not to simply pity them, but to have compassion on them. And y'all do know there's a difference in pity and compassion, don't you? Pity will allow you to go down the road and see someone laying in a ditch that's been uh, wounded, robbed, and left half dead, and turn and walk on the other side of the road. Pity will let you come and walk by them, look down, wag your head, and say, isn't that a shame? And keep right on going. But compassion will cause you to come down off of your high horse. Bend down and use your own resources to help minister to those persons that you see that have been beaten, battered, and, and ravaged by whatever circumstances and situations many times beyond their own control. We down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, just in case some of you all hadn't, hadn't heard about it, we got beat up pretty bad. We got wounded pretty bad. We got literally left Half dead. I mean, I mean, the infrastructure destroyed. Homes destroyed. Jobs destroyed. Lives lost. Property damaged in the billions of dollars. And many people around the country and around the world saying hey, it is a shame. Amen. But I left, I left, I left Gulfport, Mississippi on purpose to come up here and tell the South Shore Baptist Church, God bless you all and thank you all very much. That's a good place for a hand clap and an amen. Come on. Following following the visionary leadership of a pastor Rennie and and, and folk like 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 Brother Mark here that came down and saw our plight and put their faith into practice. And I know they hadn't done it all by themselves. Some of you all hadn't been able to come to Mississippi. But I know by them coming, you all have played a great part. And for that I would encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. Please don't stop. We need your help. I'll let y'all know something else, too. It's us today. But the sun has yet to rise and set on your tomorrow. Amen? And if I'd be you all, I would, you know, send up a little timber, plant a few seeds because you, you reap what you sow. Amen? And again, I thank God for you. Our land is sick. Spiritually. There's, there, there, there there, are, I don't know about up here in Gulfport, I mean in, uh, in Boston, but down in Gulfport, down in Mississippi, down in New Orleans, human life has become cheap. People will get killed over $5, $10, $20, over a pair of tennis shoes, something trivial. Life that should be so precious has become cheap. That's a sign of a society that's sick. Men walking off leaving their wives and children to fend for themselves in 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 an economy like what we have now. When I'm down home and I preach that, I'll say, men have taken on the mentality of dogs. Literally, the mentality of dogs. Y'all know what a dog will do, don't you? I'm country, I I can't help it, and I don't apologize. And my analogies and my parables come from being country, amen? So y'all just pray with me. Y- y'all, y'all know how dogs do, don't you? A a a a a, a gyp, thats what they call a female dog—will become in in heat in season, and at that time, all the male dogs from miles around, sometime, are right there behind her. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? <laughs> they following right behind her, and then sometimes she'll get what we call caught. She gets caught. She'll take up with one or more of those dogs. And no sooner than she becomes with puppies, the male dogs run off, leaving her there to fend for her and literally her little her family by herself. Men in many places have taken on those kinds of attitudes: illicit and promiscuativeness. Are running rapid. Girls winding up in the family way, as old folks would say. Amen. With two and three different children, sometimes for as many fathers, and, and having to uh, fend literally for themselves, on the depending on the welfare system and the governmental system. That's a sign of sickness. Inequality in the financial system. People being discriminated against edu- educational and economic uh, endeavors simply because of the color of their skin. That, that, that's a sign of sickness. Spiritual sickness. You go down Gulfport, Biloxi, Moss Point, Ocean Springs, Pascagoula, New Orleans, and Slidell up and down the Mississippi Gulf Coast, literally for hundreds of miles, you can see where trees have been blown over. Houses have been washed away. Businesses have been washed away. Think about it, if you would. You all live over here on the Atlantic. Isn't that correct? I have to work on my geography. I get it messed up sometimes. You all live over here on the Atlantic, and there's a beach not too far from here, isn't there? Could you imagine what would happen if the water in the Atlantic rolls up 28 feet above the beach line? And then in some places, a 22 foot wave stand up on top of that. And that march inland uh, for three, four, five, six, eight blocks settle and go back out. All of the bayous and tributaries and uh, marshlands and wetlands in the surrounding areas inland for as many as 5 and 10 miles. The water would come up out of those banks by an extra 15 to 18 feet. All of the time, all of this being driven by a, a wind, uh, a hundred and... 25 miles an hour sustained, gusting up to 165 or 75 miles an hour. Rain coming down sideways and the wind and the rain coming down lasting for 15 to 16 hours continuously. Tornadoes spinning off. The land is sick, looking. It's beat up real bad Houses that lasted through Hurricane uh, Camille, which was the benchmark for American disasters of natural origin as far as storms go. uh, People have said Camille was a sweet little girl. (laughs) Katrina, well I can't, I I won't say the other name because I'm in church, but I I almost quoted one of the folks down there, but it had also to do with a female dog. (laughs) Katrina was rough. The land is sick. But you know what I hear God saying? You know where he carried me to? Amen. In my spirit. And when I asked him, Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to recoup from this thing? He carried me to this pastor. To this passage. Where it said, If I shut up heaven, so that the rain won't even fall. That's letting us know, amen, that The elements and the natural things are in his hand. Amen. When you look at that word heaven right there, amen, in the Hebrew it's plural. And when you do the word study on it, you realize that not only is he talking about the heaven of the spiritual dimension, but he's also the heaven where the bird, he's the God of the heavens where the birds fly. That's the air. That's the first heaven. He's also the God of the heavens where the planets are located. Y'all know Mercury, Mars, Pluto, the sun, moon, and the stars. He's the God of them as well. And then there's the spiritual realm of heaven where he and his holy angels and Jesus are. He's the God of there too. And he's literally saying, if I shut up all of those heavens and don't let the rain fall, or if I send the locust to devour everything that's green. That's letting us know, brothers and sisters, he controls what grows. Or if I, in send pestilence, that's diseases, all over this land. That if my people, here's the prescription, for the sick land. Here's the prescription for the things that ail both Boston and Gulfport, Mississippi. If my people, number one, would humble themselves. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we can get too high. We in the country used to sing a song, If I'm too high, Lord, bring me down. Y'all ever heard that? No, 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 no. You don't have to say it like that. Because when you get too high, you can ask Israel, he will bring you down. Humble themselves. Come down from our high horses. Stop thinking that we are all of that. Because really we are not. When you pull back the facade, many of us, brothers and sisters, aren't but just a prayer away from hell and damnation. When you really stop and think about it, brothers and sisters, the only thing that separates you and me from any rank sinner in the street is the grace of Almighty God and the prayer of faith that He has given us in our bosom. We are not all of that. You get there thinking that we're all of that and some people got the, got the unmitigated gall to think, that because their skin shade is one or two shades different, amen, lighter, brighter, darker than, than somebody else's, that that makes them better than somebody else. You too high! Hurricane Katrina was an equal opportunity destroyer. We had people at our little church, amen, that used to live a few blocks down the road at the beach, living in 150, 200,000, half million dollar, million five, houses and all that kind of stuff right there in the same food line that we were feeding the poor folks in the community. God, when we're too high, he will bring us down. And he says, it's better for you to do it than for me to. He said, if you would, number one, humble yourself. Realize we're not anything. God is everything. If you would humble yourself and pray, God Almighty, call upon him. Acknowledge Him now. If I really had time, Amen. I tell y'all what praying is. But if you really want to know what praying is, uh, uh, do do a word do a word search on the model prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, Amen. And and one of the biggest parts of prayer is thanksgiving, thank thanking the God of Heaven for Him being who He is, and it, and, it, and it need always be inclusive and not exclusive. Don't ever, ever, ever. Get so caught up in yourself that you're only praying for yourself. That's a selfish prayer. And I'm very much afraid God isn't going to do a whole lot of hearing of selfish prayers. The reason you shouldn't pray selfish prayers, number one, is because there's somebody else that's in the same boat that you're in. And since you're talking to God about it, why don't you go ahead and tell Him about everybody? In prayer, you want to confess your sins. Don't you think you can (laughs) <laughs> you can mess up. And just because Pastor Rennie don't know it, you can just go head on with it. I'm not saying you got to come confess it to Pastor Rennie, but if you want God to forgive you for it, you've got to talk to God about it. You've got to acknowledge your faults before the Lord. God said, if you will confess your sins unto me, I am faithful and I'm just. I will forgive you of your sins and I'll cleanse you of your unrighteousness. Ask God for forgiveness. And and asking God to forgive you, you need to ask God to give you the grace to forgive other folks too. Because holding stuff in against other people will be a hindrance to your own prayers. I'm very much afraid there are people that have got sick and died because God wouldn't hear their prayer for healing. Because they're holding something in their heart against somebody else that's done them something. I'm very much afraid there are going to be some people going to bust hell wide. I can say hell in there, can't I? Because that's sure where some folks going if they don't straighten up. There are going to be some people that's going to go as straight to hell as a B. Martin to his gourd because they failed to forgive other people. Your own salvation and your own spiritual growth, amen, depends upon you forgiving other people. To pray the Lord's Prayer if you have an unforgiving spirit is literally pray, praying a curse on your own life. That's another good place to say amen. amen. <laughs> I might need to go ahead and make it real plain. Tell so you, in the model prayer, God says to us, amen, Jesus said to His disciples to pray according to this model. And a part of it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. What do you mean, Reverend? I'm, I'm glad you asked. That's simply saying, that's simply saying, God is saying, uh, uh, you're saying to God, rather, God, I want you to handle my transgression against you and other people just like I handle people that do me wrong. Oh, Jesus. Father, I want you to forgive me just the same way That I forgive folks that I know talking about me. Father, I want you to forgive me just like I do people that ridicule me. Father, I want you to forgive me just like I do people that mistreat me. Hello, somebody. If my people, those that are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, certainly seek my face. Seek my face. You know what that little, you know what that's literally saying? God, what would you have me to do? You know, so many of us, we live in a hurry up society. I mean, we hurry for everything. We hurry to get up in the morning so we can hurry and get dressed, so we can hurry to go to work, so we can hurry to get finished with our day's tasks, so we can hurry back home, so we can hurry and finish our chores, so we can hurry and get supper, so we can hurry and go to bed. So we can hurry and get up in the morning. So we can hurry and get dressed. So we can hurry to go to our job. So we can hurry to get finished with our task. So we can hurry to make it home. So we can hurry to get out dinner. So we can hurry to finish our task. So we can hurry to go to bed. So we can hurry to get up in the morning. And we live so fast and we're running so fast until we literally outrun God. What do you mean outrun God? Reverend? We run ourselves right out of the waitingness and the willingness of our own spirit to hear what God has planned for our lives. Y'all, we need to wait a while in the morning. If you have to get up in the morning at 7 o'clock to make it to your work, it'd be a good thing to get up at 6 or 6.30. Get your Bible. Steal away into your secret closet. And open the word of God to the place where Pastor Rennie preached that last Sunday, or to whatever the Bible study lesson is, or whatever the Sunday school lesson is. And sat there and read it. And read it again. And even read it again. And ask God, Father, what are you saying to me? From the word. And then go down on your knees. Let me tell you something. Oh, oh wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I almost said old folk. Uh, senior citizens, <laughs> senior saints, if you will go down on your knees every day and pray, God will um, make you able to continue to go down on your knees and pray. So don't worry about the outriders. Start bending your knees, amen, before old Arthur shows up. And while you're on your knees, before you begin asking God to do this for me and that for me and the other thing for me, tell him thank you for what he's already done. Tell him thank you for battles already fought and victory already won. Tell him thank you for your daily bread. Tell him thank you, amen, for your help and for your strength. Tell him thank you that you got a job to go to or he lets you stay on there long enough to retire. Tell him thank you. And, if you, and if you let gratitude be your attitude, then you'll find less reason and, uh, and, and time to complain. Because of blessing God and praising God pleases God, then complaining is sin. That's another good place to say amen. amen. God doesn't want us complaining. If my people, those that are called by my name, would humble themselves, and pray. And seek my face. And then turn from our wicked ways. The things that I've been saying thus far in this sermon. I'm gonna preach in a minute. The things I've been saying thus far in this service. Amen. Failure to do them is wickedness in the sight of God. But if we will do what the Lord tells us to do, then when sickness comes in our own body, we already know what we need to do for healing to come. When we look and we see our communities are in ruin and it seems like all of the ills of hell are inviting and invading our neighborhoods. We don't have to run, amen, to the suburbs trying to get away from the criminals. We can come together and we can go down on our knees and pray. Amen. And those criminals, God will give you the, the insight to be able to witness unto them and turn them into children of God. I wish I had a praying church. We don't have to run. We don't have to hide. The power of God is on our side. We we have the prescription for a sin sick world but we have to apply the medicine. No medicine in your medicine cabinet at home will do you any good unless you shake it and take it. The word of God, amen his holy bible, it is our medicine but we've got to take it into our own heart. I know it is a prescription amen to the ills of this world because the biggest ill amen is sin is there anybody here that knows that the biggest problem in this world today is sin is there anybody here that knows that sin is the problem of this world and God has given us the problem and the solution for sin his name is Jesus his name is Jesus and the power of his name Come from His blood That blood that was shed on Calvary's cross That blood when they whipped Him all night long That blood that came down from His hands For the deeds we do with our hands That blood that came from His feet From us going places that we should not go That blood that came from piercing Him in the side For our and all of our lusts, that blood that ran down from Calvary's cross, it will never, 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 ever lose its power. And if we will apply it, it's good. It's medicine for what ails you. Y'all do know he died, don't you? Jesus died for the sin of the world. He died until heaven was satisfied. Death couldn't hold him. They laid him down in a grave. Stay there. Amen. But early, early, can y'all say early on the third day morning, he got up. Can you say he got up? He got up. He got up with all power in his hands. God bless you. Help sanctify you and give you peace. He's good. He's good. He's good. Amen. Thank you brother. Thank you
0: for coming. Thank you for sharing with us. Let me see. There we are. We thank you so much for what God has put on your heart. Thank you for sharing it with us. Just thank you for the, the stepping across over to our side and sharing the good news with us right from your heart. And we thank you for the way God has put it on your heart. We thank the Lord for, for you, for our brothers and sisters down there in Gulfport. We want you to go back to the St. James Baptist Church. We want you to tell them, thank, thank them for sending you and April to us and uh, to bring our warm greetings and our love to them. Amen. and tell them that we love them in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're praying for them and we're asking God to be with you and to uphold you and to, to, to strengthen you and to stand up with you and keep you strong. Amen. We're, uh, we're, this is the conclusion of our missions week. Last, last Sunday we were snowed out. Wow. There was just a small little group sitting up here in the front sharing some people crazy enough to like me to come even on a day like that. But uh, today has been good. This has been a great day. Uh, so we're still uh, collecting those Faith Promise Pledge cards. This is as close as I have to a pink tie. Remember those, those Faith Promise cards. Take one home, pray over it. What is God calling you to contribute to the missions budget, to the outreach of this church worldwide in the Boston area and all the places that we can't, that we can't personally go to spread the gospel to all those places through missionary partners that we support. So you take that card home and you lay it before God and you ask Him, God, what would you have me do? And let's take that time and ask the Lord that He might guide our ways and guide our lives. This, uh, this project, Operation Rebound, these five homes we're hoping to build, um, You know, we're, we're trusting the Lord that the funds are going to come in. It is not too late for you to contribute. And uh, we, we still have big needs. And if we end up getting too much money, uh, we have bigger needs still and those houses aren't going to be complete even if, we, uh, even if we pay all our bills and, and, and send the trucks down with everything we've got. So uh, if the Lord is laying on your heart to contribute uh, toward you know, picking up that one starfish and throwing it back in the water, why well, you go ahead and do that. And uh, there's a special envelope there. It says Special Missions Project or you just put it on the regular envelope and, and you, where it says Other, you write Operation Rebound. Or you just write your check to South Shore Baptist and you write Operation Rebound on there and we'll put that in there. So good to be together with God's people in God's house. And uh, right now, downstairs, Martin Trice is putting together a lunch and he's got an opportunity for you to invite the alien and the stranger into your house.